Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. We have a very interesting and exciting show for you. On Tuesday, I spoke with Union Hockey standout Jack Adams. We covered a wide range of topics, and we didn't focus solely on hockey. If you read my colleague Mike Pagano's article last week, you'll know that Jack helped with the cleanup of the damage that took place during riots in Boston during the protest over the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Jack and I talked about that, along with the social issues that are dominating the country right now. We talked some politics as well. We also talked hockey. It's rehab from the knee injury that kept him out of the union lineup this past season. And we discussed Tom Brady. And we also talked about his podcast that he has started. It's a two-segment interview. I hope you enjoy it. A warning, listener discretion is advised for language. Here is part one of my conversation with Jack Adams. Well, Jack, thank you for uh, coming on the podcast. Hope things are well. Uh, how are you doing? And uh, I know we just talked before we went on the air here that uh, you just finished up your final exam, so you have to be thrilled that uh, school's over now. Yeah, Ken, thanks for uh, having me on first and foremost. Uh, these pretty crazy times, so it's nice to sit back and have conversations. But, um, yeah, the exam went well, I think. So that was my last final, so I'm pretty excited to be all done. Uh, I have a little bit to finish up with some papers here and there, but other than that, the school uh, part of it was pretty tough with the whole online system. But other than that, training's going well. The ranks are starting to open up in the next week or two, so that's exciting. But I'm feeling good and excited to uh, have some more normalcy in my life again, like all of us. Were you doing a lot of online classes uh, while you were uh, rehabbing? Yeah, I was. What them calls like we have now for class was more just like uh, assignments that were due at a certain date. So it was a lot easier for me honestly but um this this term's been pretty difficult for all the boys i think everyone kind of was getting used to you know how to figure out the whole entire zoom situation and how to you know time manage with everything going on so it's been pretty crazy but i'm very excited to uh, be done with it yeah i've done a couple of zoom calls myself and i'm still trying to get used to that i'm 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 sort of technology savvy but even zoom sort of like <laughs> i'm still trying to get used to that one yeah, no, it's, it's 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 definitely a new era, like Coach Bennett always says. But um, no, I'm just really glad to be done with that. It was yeah. kind of a shit show. Yep. <laughs> so let's talk about um, Mike McGann wrote a story uh, uh, last week about you and your friend uh, helping out in Boston with the cleanup following the uh, riots that uh, were you know preceded by the protests over the uh, death of uh, George Floyd. What did, what inspired you to go help clean up down in Boston? Uh, a few things. I'm, I'm definitely uh, very interested and I'm very active with the political arena. And I really always followed that my entire life. And then as soon as the George Floyd case happened, I was obviously horrified. Um, I was really, you know, kind of heartbroken for him. One, seeing him struggle like that was just, it was, it was unbelievable that someone could actually murder someone like that. And I was just so sick to my stomach. And I kept trying to, you know, realize can kind of understand like what can I do to help because all of us can post stuff on social media but like coach always tells me it's less talk more action and my co-host Marco Sanchez is a uh, 
son of a police officer who's been a cop for 35 years in the Lexington Police Force in Massachusetts. So it really hit home to him seeing that issue happen. And Boston's a home for me, and it's where I've been rehabbing the entire year. And my sister lives there as well. So I just wanted to go and have some conversations with people and hear their perspectives on, you know, what they thought about the issue. And I got there, and it was pretty pretty crazy, Ken, with how much damage actually was done. Uh, I remember watching on TV the night before, like 11 o'clock, and it was pretty crazy, and people were scared, and I was texting, you know, Tory Krug's dad about it, because he was nervous about Tory being in Boston, and we were just kind of telling him, like, yeah, stay in your house, and and then the next morning I got there, and everything was just ruined, and I was kind of taken back by it, but also wanted to hear from the store owners, and the message was pretty simple, that, you know, while they were also pretty upset with their stores being ruined, they were equally as upset with the police brutality issue and the racism going on in the country. So I think they realized that, you know, it sucks getting that damage happened to their buildings, but at the same time, you know, they want to see change in the country as well. So that was the main purpose was to go and have conversations with people and also um, help clean up as much as we could because it was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, what were the conversations like with the store owners? I mean, as you said, I mean, they're upset with their businesses being ruined but they're also some of the police brutality did, did they have any suggestions or solutions how to you know to, to fix this problem a little bit i mean the, every every person was different like i remember like one of the guys was pretty funny like the guy at the store h&m but he had a really strong boston accent and he was i was like you want to take a picture of your building and he was like he takes his mask off and he was like I don't think these guys realize everything in this asking store costs five bucks anyways. They didn't have to break it down. <laughs> he like shut the thing down. But then other people, honestly, it was just, I think they all, one of the messages I really got, I think it was from the guy at the UGG store, was to, uh, you know, have conversations with people you disagree with. And that's something I've definitely uh, been doing, talking to people, different races, sexuality preferences, different political views, and trying to get their perspective on life right now. I think we all have to come together and agree on a certain fundamental that, you know, we're all humans at the end of the day. If you're white, black, green, orange, red, whatever, but you have to treat every single person the exact same. And if we start doing that, then, you know, this country would be a lot better place to live in. Yeah. Uh, were you concerned for your safety when you were down there for helping? No. No, the police were great. They were, the police and the Police were very active too. They were talking to people. People were treating them with great respect. So that was nice to see. You know, everyone was getting along and talking well. So no, it was, I felt very safe. The law enforcement was doing a great job, and other Marco Sanchez, my co-host on my podcast, my trainer, so he was also uh, there with me as well. So I felt fine. We'll talk a little about your uh, podcast a little bit later here. But uh, what do you think needs to be done, Jack, as far as? The conversation. Obviously, we we see video of what's going. On. We see you know protesters. We see peaceful protesters, and sometimes these protests uh, are turning into uh, riots. We had a situation here in Albany recently that uh, with that uh, sort of turned into that situation. But it seems like it's not people who are involved in the protester to are causing these problems. It seems that outside forces are coming in to uh, you know cause mayhem. What do you think can be done to, to prevent this? I think it's a can. Um, I think the biggest thing, one, is, is uh, dialogue. That's one thing that President Harris really stressed to me when I talked to him this weekend was we have to have conversations with people 
allow us to recognize why they're being so hurt and why they're so upset, why they're so outraged. And if we hear their, you know, their perspective, then it might, you know, alter ours. But I think also the importance of voting. I know that uh, Zachary Mellifo, one of my teammates, put a powerful statement on um, on Twitter last week about, you know, how we have to really, you know, take into consideration how important voting is and how it's our, our obligation as citizens in the U.S. But I think it also comes from the voting at the local levels, too. You know, President Obama put a really good Instagram post on this week where he was um, talking about voting at all levels, not just not just the federal government. And he kind of the message basically was that you know as you can vote the federal government and elect senators and presidents that's all great but it's more important to vote at the local levels for your local uh, town selectmen or your mayors or people who are part of the selection committee for well picking these police officers and if you know maybe if there's more of a better background check on the cop in Minnesota that wouldn't have happened and I think it's important that we all do our duty of voting and if we do that then. Hopefully we can make some change, but I think we also have to, to a point, understand that law enforcement is, you know, very important in today's society, and I just think that, you know, we all have to work together, and if we do that, then hopefully we can create change. Jack Adams joining us here on the Parting Shots podcast from uh, Union Hockey. Uh, I'm going to try to phrase this very carefully, uh, because I don't want to you know, be biased or anything, but President Trump has been known, obviously, to tweet, and some of his tweets are inflammatory. Do you, what do you think of his tweets? Do you think sometimes maybe you, do you cringe at some of the things he says on Twitter? And it seems like he's trying to—he's pouring gasoline on a fire and just making a situation worse. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I'm not going to comment on um, the president if I like him or don't like him. But I think that I think it's important that I think it's more important what we do as citizens to combat the issue. I mean, we can allow the president to stir the pot or create change, but I think it's more important for the citizens to create change. At the end of the day, the citizens are the ones who run this country. And I just think that that's what's going on across cities in America. Everyone's coming together as one American family and, you know, creating change. And I think that if we just focus only on the president and want to 100% put our attention to him and what he's doing good or bad instead of focusing on the issue, then we're not going to, you know, make any change. But if we put politics aside for once in society and all of us, you know, pay attention to what we can do in our everyday lives, but learning about African-American history, you know, condemning racism on all aspects and having conversations, then we can really, you know, make this world a better place. Do you think there's also just pent-up frustration, not only what what happened uh, with George Floyd, but the fact with this coronavirus pandemic is really basically everything just boiled over into just one situation here. I mean, it's been, I mean, it's, Ken, like 2020 has been a pretty crazy year. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that, the fact that like Kobe Bryant's death is like not the lead story is is insane. Like, yeah, you had Kobe passing away. I mean, all our seasons got canceled. Tom Brady left the Patriots. <laughs> George, and then uh, obviously the worst of all was the, the tragic, tragic situation in Minnesota with George Floyd. And it's just, I think that, you know, I, I'm a huge believer that, you know, God has a plan for all of us. Everything happens for a reason. So hopefully we can grow from this and, you know, keep George's legacy alive by being better human beings and trying to, uh, you know, 
create solutions to combat this issue because clearly it's been going on for way too long. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of pro athletes, uh, pro teams. I mean, I mean, some college athletes as well uh, speak out about this. And this, you know, we have yeah. to go back to what happened a few years ago with Colin Kaepernick and taking the knee. It seemed like the whole that whole situation was hijacked with uh, he was talking about social injustice and other people turned it into it where he's insulting the military, insulting the flag. I mean, do do you understand? Do you mean do people you think understand now why Colin Kaepernick did this uh, with what happened in respects to in Minnesota? Well, I hope so. At this point, I mean, it's pretty hypocritical the NFL to try and act like they're the ones who are promoting all of this change while they were the ones that basically kicked him out of the league. The guy, the guy was a Pro Bowl quarterback, went to the Super Bowl, I and mean, he came to Foxborough and dismantled the Patriots. Like, that guy was a stud when he was playing. And I think that, you know, all those comments that uh, Breeze made and the, the backlash he had, um, I think that people are starting to realize that it, I don't really think it is. It's not about the flag. It's not about, you know, the country. African Americans love this country just as much as we do. And, you know, they fought and died in wars as well. Um, and it's, I don't think that everyone's going to agree if they support kneeling or not kneeling, but it's also, at the end of the day, it's their constitutional right to do so. And I think that, you know, Kaepernick basically, you know, took a chance and he got basically, you know, lost his career because of it. But at the same time, people looking back and being like, you know, why didn't I support that guy earlier? And, you know, I don't, it, it sucks that his career had to end, but clearly he's, you know, proven that he was right all along. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned the Patriots there. What do you think of Tom Brady leaving? I don't know. I'm still in, like, the five stages of grief where I'm angry at Tom right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, I don't, I, 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 I disagree with what he's doing 100%. Um, I don't think that he realizes, you know, how good he had it at New England. I mean, Belichick put rosters for him every single year that gave him a chance to go win. You look at other quarterbacks in the league, like Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson. The, re- the reason why those quarterbacks don't win is they don't have the 53-man roster to win. And Belichick always did that, but at the same time, Brady's my favorite athlete ever to live, so I hope he does well. And, you know, it's not the Patriots, I was the Bucks, but at the same time, I wish he didn't leave. Well, I don't think he ever got over losing to my Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's not Belichick for sitting up in Butler. I mean, the fact that a backup quarterback threw for... 500 yards is just mind-boggling. I'll never forget. I'll never get, that was on my birthday, too, and the boys were just ripping me when we all watched it. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break here, Jack, on the Party Shots podcast. You're listening to the podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud. I'm Dr. Howard Zucker, New York State's Health Commissioner. I'm calling on all New Yorkers to do their part to slow the spread of coronavirus. Everyone, even young people and those who feel well, stay home. If you must go outside, stay six feet from others. This will ensure everyone who needs hospital care can get it. This virus spreads even without symptoms. Stay home and stay safe. Be a part now so we can all be together later. Stay informed at health.ny.gov coronavirus. NASCAR fans, it's time to rev up the engines and play the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest. Each week during the 36-week racing season, you pick 10 drivers. If you have the week's best point total, you'll receive a $50 Hannaford gift card. If you have the best point total for the season, you'll win a $250 Hannaford gift card. Be part of the fun. 
Go to dailygazette.com slash autoracing. Get your motor running and play today. Back on the Parting Shots podcast, along with uh, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott and Jack Evans back with me here. Well, Jack, let's talk about your podcast uh, you, that you and your friend Marco are, are doing. It's, uh, it's called uh, Athletes Over, I believe is what it's called. Athletes Over Adversity, yep. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Why did you start that podcast? Yeah, I was just pretty bored one day. Um, a few of my teammates and I were talking about it. You know, Fletcher Simon helped me uh, think of the idea. And he actually talked about a podcast, and kind of just, you know, I've, I've really been really invested into it. I used to you know, actually work in the media for the page, like the, uh, not the Patriots, but like I used to run a Patriots Twitter account back in the day. And social media has always been very, um, something I've been pretty interested in my entire life. And I've always been a huge podcast, and I'm a huge, huge Joe Rogan fan. I listen to all his episodes, so I love Spit and Chicklets. So I just, wanted to try it out and I thought it would be a good message with you know, stuff that I've been through in my life with the adversity I've faced with my brother and my injury and other stuff that's transpired but at the same time I thought it was we're all kind of going through adversity right now this pandemic with you know not being able to live lives as we usually do so I, I just thought it would be good for people to hear stories about you know great athletes and great human beings who've overcome obstacles and become great and it's really taken off it's been a really uh, humbling experience for me to be able to do this and connect with so many different people and meet so many different people and let them share their stories. And I think this episode that's ridiculous, President Dave Harris will be a really good one for people to tune into to uh, hear about his you know experience in America and how he's combated racism and solutions that he thinks can you know, help us all going forward. I mean, uh, what, what do you think of uh, President Harris in your conversation with him? What, 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 did you, what did you learn about him that maybe you didn't know before? Yeah. Well, he's, he's been... Um, I consider him a friend, honestly. Uh, he's, he's been a man who's been there for me every step of the way, ever since when I first met him my sophomore year, because we had President Haley my freshman year, who's also great. But you know, President Harris, on the first day I met him, he looked me in the eye, knew my name, knew where I was from, and that, that just meant a lot for me, from a guy like uh, such a high role in the school to, you know, <clears throat> take the time of day to get to know me and stuff, and then our relationship kind of picked up, and he's just been an amazing resource. You know, his little daughter, Maya, is one I've been really close to, and I know that Josh Kosak's also very close with uh, President Harris, but uh, he's been he's been such a great role model for our team. He's been a great resource for all of us to talk to, and it just really blew me away this summer when he came to when he surprised me and came to my brother's golf outing this August and just talked to all the union alums there and all the students, and that was just an amazing experience. And just a, nothing surprised me of that guy though. He's always taken the time to engage with the student body and really hear our perspective on campus and things that we think are important. I think that's why, you know, Ken, uh, why uh, President Harris, sorry, is such, such a great role model for all of us. And he really has a amazing story with how he worked in the Obama administration and how he went to uh, Northwestern University and became the first African-American president at Union. So it's a great story, and I hope you guys all tune into it. Yeah, that's a good job. I mean, uh, is that something you want to do, you know, Pro, pe, pe, uh, post-hockey career, is something you want to get involved in media, either in sports or politics? Yeah, I, I think I, I love, those are, my, those are my, my two biggest passions in life besides family are probably uh, politics and, uh, and sports. And, um, you know, I, I just, I love talking about it. I love having, I love having great civil debates. I mean, for example, Owen Ferris and I had a great, we talked politics for 
weekend when we got together. We, we, we both went to a protest this week, and uh, we both got together after and had dinner, and we talked about it for a few hours. And having conversations with people you disagree with is just, I think it's so important. And it also helps you, you know, understand their perspective, and it helps you also grow as a human being. And, you know, Owen, Owen and I probably couldn't, we probably disagree completely politically, as do Darian Hansen and I, but we're still best friends. And I think that's important. I think nowadays people, you know, think that, oh, if you support this person or that person, I can't be your friend. And I think that's just so toxic. And I just think if I can be a person who can try and break that gap, then, you know, it'd be important. But at the same time, I love hockey and I love coaching. So I can definitely see myself being in that field once I'm done playing too. You mentioned about, you know, being able to talk, you know, you have your differences and be – still be friends and we're seeing especially in social media people going after one another and it seems like it, it is really no positive yeah no you know just solid talk. i mean I, I i'm old enough to remember you know watergate when you know nixon was in trouble and then it was his own members of his own party you know basically came to said you don't have our support and that's i think yeah. he realized that uh he, he had to resign but what what do you think it's going to take to maybe get back to where people can you know talk and not ruin friendships? Uh, I think a big issue is where people get their information from. I mean, I think that uh, the mainstream media is just disgusting. I mean, both sides of the aisle, right and left. I think they're both so biased and divisive. And we had a team Zoom call last week where you know we were actually talking about the information. And obviously, Coach Tapp's wife works for. Uh, one of the local news channels in Albany, I believe. Yeah, Channel 10, yeah. And, yeah, those, in my opinion, those those are the best news outlets. Those are the ones who are giving the best insight. They're not, they're not, you know, putting spin. They're not putting bias. They're not having an agenda. And I think, you know, both sides of the aisle, they have their news channels where they're only focused on if you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump. And I think that's not what the country needs right now. We need, like, we need some optimism. We need some positivity. And when people are only showing negative things about the other side, it's just, it's just, it creates a bigger and bigger divide. It's going to be impossible to break one day if we don't stop it. Yeah. How does Coach Bennett mean? Have you had talks with Coach Bennett? Yeah. No, we had, we, we, we had a great uh, team Zoom call last week with uh, uh, Sergeant Everson from Black Hawk Down. He gave us some great uh, inspiration of how to be better people and better Americans. And Coach Bennett's always been very open to He's an open door policy, and he's great with allowing our athletes to, uh, you know, voice their opinions and their concerns. And he's always going to do that, and he's going to continue to do that. But you know, Rick's been amazing to all of us this spring with checking in constantly and giving us feedback of the current situation in college hockey and union. And he's going to continue to do that. Yeah, one thing I always loved about Rick uh, when I covered the team, he was no nonsense. He he told you what how he felt. He didn't sugarcoat anything, and I always appreciated that. It may not. Yeah, sound good, but you know what? He he's not going to hold back. He's going to. Uh, I, I I would go back to what happened in the 2013-14 season when, um, in a game against Colgate, uh, Shane Gosper had a, took a bad penalty when Union was leading, and it didn't result in a power play, but it turned the momentum of the game. And and he brought that up, and Union Union blues in that game, and you know Rick brought, brought that up afterwards at the game about a, a player he didn't name Shane, for, but we everybody knew who he was talking about. But the fact that he was, you know, not sure Cody that just told me that he's an honest person. I think it woke everybody up, and that's when, yeah, you know, 
everybody talks about the, the brawl bringing the inspiration, but I think that was more the inspiration of you know, uniting the team and say, look, we we got to be better than that. Yeah, I, I actually remember that that uh, that press conference because I've, I've actually watched it on YouTube, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I remember your question. You were like, yeah, yeah why do you think Shane did that? <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't know. So I, I remember that one. But yeah. no, I mean, Rick, um, Coach Bennett, sorry, actually, he's always uh, you know done things differently than everyone else. And I think that's why he's been so successful at what he's done. I mean, he's taken a program like Union with no scholarships, only as financial aid. It's a very hard you know, admission process to a national championship. And many into the play tournaments, a few ECAs championships. So there's a reason why he's been so, so successful. But what admires me the most about Coach Bennett is um, is that he gives every single player the exact same amount of love and attention. And he cares just as much about, you know, Brendan Taylor getting into a law school as me, you know, playing professional hockey and, I think that just shows so much about his character as a human being and why he's a great role model for all of us. Yeah. Well, let's talk about hockey here, Jack. Uh, how is the rehab going? I mean, has the pandemic affected how you've been able to rehab? Yeah, I've, I've been able to do everything I've been able to do uh, beforehand, too, because uh, physical therapy is considered an essential business in Massachusetts. So I've been able to um, continue to do that. So that's been a big positive for me. And, I've been going to my uh, trainer's garage in uh, in, uh, in uh, north north of Boston and continue my rehab and massage therapy. So my knee feels great. That's been the biggest, you know, the easiest thing for me right now is that my knee. My knee feels awesome. I've been working really hard all year at this, so I'm, I feel ready to go. And the rinks are opening up soon, but that's been pretty tough not being able to, uh, to skate, obviously, but at the same time, everyone else is going to that too, so I'm not really... You know, missing out on much, but um, I've been every single morning. I drive over to Beverly Pass with uh, a guy named Will O'Neill. He played at UMaine, played in the NHL, and he played with Lehigh Valley for a bit. And uh, he's been, you know, he and I have been doing shooting and passing and stick handling stuff every morning. So I've been really, you know, staying on top of things and feeling great. But I cannot wait to uh, get back out there and compete again. Yeah, I was just going to ask me. You said you haven't really been able to skate. How difficult is it? Is that because it's? How, I don't know how many months you've been off the ice, but uh, it's it's got to be tough, and it's probably maybe it's going to take a little bit to get back into uh, skating shape. Yeah, the hardest thing always for all the hockey players is getting back into uh, into shape. There's, there's nothing like skating. You can bike, you can run, you can work out, but there's nothing like skating. But at the same time, like you, we're, we're usually at school right now, and we don't really ever usually skate in the spring. We usually just work out. So it's not that much of a difference for me personally, because I've always been doing that at Union. I usually pick up my skating back in the summertime when I go train. So it's not that much different, but it does. Uh, it's a little bit different because of my injury, obviously, that I had. So i got to get back out there. But I start skating on uh, Monday morning, actually, in New Hampshire, so I'm excited. That's good. Uh, let's talk about the team. Obviously, a tough year uh, this past season. What are the prospects for the uh, team in 2020-2021, provided we get the season started on time? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a pretty shitty year. I don't think anyone was excited about how it turned out. I, I don't think anyone was more you know, pissed off about it than Rick Bennett. But at the same time, it's not fair for me to you know, understand or critique anyone because I wasn't there. I wasn't able to help out. I wasn't, I was, I wasn't able to contribute, so... I often was pretty down, just felt like I was letting people down. But it's just, I think there's a lot of promise. There's a lot of young guys like Dylan Anhorn and Seeger and 
Travis Benchruth, and Liam Robertson, the Sanda that really uh, stood out to me, and all those guys, Matty Allen, they all worked their asses off, and they all contributed, and I think they all have really bright futures, and I think it's, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people next year. I mean, it's easy for me to say that now, and we got to go prove it, but I really like how uh, how close this group is, for one, and I really think that uh, everyone's working their butt off to you know, prove some people wrong next year. I don't really think many people have any expectations for us, and we have a great group of guys coming in. They're all really nice kids, and the coaching staff's pretty high on them, so I'm hoping they can all contribute right away. Yeah. I mean, obviously, coming into last season, they, the team lost a lot, so it, it'd be how much do you think they learned from the adversity they, uh, they had last season? Well, I think the playing experience they got was huge. I don't think there's ever been a freshman class at Union College that's played this much in my freshman year. I thought I had a, you know, I, I was pretty excited to come in and I got scratched, I think, <laughs> you know, 10, 12 times. So, like, I've, I understand what it's like to be a freshman in college hockey. It's tough, and Coach Bennett's pretty tough in the freshman. He demands a lot of them, but he also gets them acclimated quickly. So I think that experience they got, um, the playing some big games, playing a playoff series, you know, playing a Mayor's Cup, and have some tough losses, and it's going to motivate them to all be better, but it also makes their transition to their sophomore year that much easier because not many freshmen get that opportunity. So they're not freshmen anymore. They're all big boys, and they got to go uh, – be ready to play next fall, and they're, they're going to be the great kids. What are your thoughts? Do you think the season's going to start on time? Your guess is better than mine, Ken. What do you think? I I like to think it's going to happen. I just I, I feel at the start that there's either going to be no fans in the stands or limited fans. Uh, I, you know, everybody's worried about the second wave of this pandemic uh, hitting, so that's that's another uh, concern. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm also uh, very optimistic person but I don't I don't I don't like how we're making like decisions based on something that we don't we don't even know if it's going to happen or not mm-hmm. I, I don't know I, I think it'd be a, I think it would be a, a humongous mistake if they canceled the season I think that that would just kill so many athletes their mental health and just destroy kids and ruin their lives so I think financially the NCAA would just go bankrupt if they didn't have athletic seasons but I think the biggest thing is it's going to come down to is college football in the fall and I, I can't see them I can't see college football canceling no, the, amount of, the, amount of, the amount of money they make man, is yeah. absurd but I think for I think for you you'll have a good front seat ticket ticket in the media I mean there's really no one else there but you guys can watch <laughs> spread out uh, make sure we're in mask all that stuff but let me th- but I, I don't know I, I just I just I don't know. I, I think we can. I think we can make it work, and I don't. I don't. I, don't, I think we have to be back on campus in the fall. I think the data shows that. And I think it'd be a huge mistake if we weren't. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Chalky just added another team. Surprisingly, I came out of nowhere. Long Island University. What are your thoughts oh, about yeah. the new program? I love the love the Sharks. Like I have Brett Riley's the new head coach. Yeah. yeah I, just lives, spoke, uh, I just spoke with him last week. Yep. Yeah. Brett's a really good friend of mine. His dad's a great guy. Yeah. He's. Uh, Rob Riley used to coach Army, and obviously Brian Riley at West Point was amazing to me last year. We played that after my mother passed away, and my dad and I were really close because of the whole Derek Hines Foundation, obviously, with you know Derek tragically passing away uh, a while back. But you no, know, he's Brett's a great dude. He's um he's gonna get that program going fast, and he's he's a winner. He's a competitor. He's a serious guy. He's, he's just a great human being, and he's. He's very invested. I've talked to him a few times about it, and 
being my opinion on players and coaches. And I just think that he's going to do a great job and hopefully he can uh, get that place rolling. One last college hockey question. I'll have an NHL question for you in a second. But uh, it just came out yeah. on Friday that the uh, NCAA Hockey Committee is recommending three-on-three overtime in the regular season. Do you like that idea? I would love that. I think that, I think the ties have to stop in college hockey. <laughs> it's, it's the dumbest thing ever. Like in the USHL, we had it where it was – we had it uh, four-on-four four overtime. It was a seven-minute seven period. So we had three on four on four for you know three minutes thirty seconds. And then at the back, at the whistle or at three thirty, we would play three on three, and then if no one scored, we would play uh, overtime uh, shootout. I, I think you can do something like that, or you just go three on three or shootout. But I think that not one player in college hockey likes the current format where it's five on five. It's boring. It's not as fun. It's not as exciting. There's no goals really ever scored. So I mean, it's out of my control. But I think yeah. that. Every single player in college would want to see that change. Well, it took college hockey the longest time, at least in the, in the postseason, to have the goaltenders switch ends for for years. The goaltenders never switched ends in overtime in college hockey playoffs. And it's like, why really? did they switch in? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea what that. that I wonder what the rationale for that was. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. So, uh, NHL wise, what happened to your Red Wings last season? <laughs> looking like it's going to start back up with the playoffs uh, you know, 2014. Uh, is it going to be kind of weird seeing hockey in July and August? Yeah, I just don't really understand how it's going to work. But, I mean, I think the, I think players want to play. I think players enjoy competing. I mean, they can make it work with the testing and having them all in one location and um, no fans, obviously. But it's going to be a weird, a weird summer, but it's also going to be very entertaining having sports on and having – Hopefully the NBA too. So yeah. I'm not really sure what baseball is planning on, but I think it's going to be a pretty fun summer for sure. I've been watching a lot of the Bundesliga lately, so it's at least gets my sports. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's well, funny. Well, Jack, where can people find you on Twitter? Find you, find your podcast, and uh, and your friend uh, Marco. Yeah. So Twitter, it's uh, it's a weird name, but it's capital J underscore Danglefest two. That's my Twitter page, and then. Uh, my Twitter page for athletes over adversity is athletes over, and then in that bio has our other co-host Marco Sanchez's handle, which is uh, not Mark Sanchez. Yes, I wanted to have you say that. <laughs> yeah, not Mark Sanchez. Does that want to become the butt fumble guy? So <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting name. So that's uh, that's a Twitter, and then Instagram is J underscore Two Adams, and then athletes over adversity on Instagram, and then not Mark Sanchez as well on Instagram. Well, Jack, I appreciate your time. It was a very informative, enlightening conversation. We obviously talked more than just sports, and 
as I said, you are, you know, you do a lot, talk a lot about all those things on Twitter, and it was nice to be able to have a nice conversation and talk about this, and uh, appreciate you doing that, and appreciate. hopefully we'll see you back on the ice with the uh, Union and come the fall. Yeah, thank you, Ken. I agree. Hopefully we can get back in the fall and get this thing going, so stay safe, man. You too. Thanks, Jack. Take care. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast, which is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud in just a moment. Hi, this is Miles Reed, editor of the Daily Gazette. These are difficult times. For most of us, the coronavirus crisis has been a time of unprecedented upheaval, uncertainty, and fear. What does it all mean for our health, our families, our jobs, and our futures? At the Daily Gazette, our journalists have been working tirelessly to answer these questions and many more that have come up during this whole pandemic. How many people have tested positive locally? How many have died? Has anyone died in the local nursing homes? Now, in these difficult times, we're turning to you to support our work by purchasing a subscription or making a donation to help fund our daily efforts. With your support, these are the questions we're continuing to report on. Every day, our reporters and photographers have been working the streets and the phones to answer these critical questions. And every day, they answer the bell with their timely and well-documented reports from the front lines in the region. Behind the scenes, the rest of our editorial team, including our sports writers, copy editors, and digital producers, have been wholly focused on covering the COVID-19 story. During this critical time, everyone here at the paper is working to provide important news and information to keep the community safe and connected. But our ability to serve our community is being threatened by some economic challenges posed by the pandemic. We have stay-at-home orders, business closures, and school shutdowns, and they're contributing to the massive instability in the local business landscape. Despite all of these changes, the Gazette will remain committed to serving the community for many years to come, just as we've been doing unfailingly for the past 125 years. So please go to thedailygazette.com and donate or purchase a subscription to the Daily Gazette. Thank you. Be well, and please keep reading. Back to wrap up the podcast. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. On a personal note, I want to congratulate my son Stephen on making the University at Albany Dean's List for the fourth consecutive semester. You did an outstanding job once again under trying circumstances in the second semester with the pandemic, and you made your mom and I proud. Love you, bud. Now that wraps up another edition of the Pawnee Shots podcast. I'd like to thank Jack Adams for coming on the show. The Parting Shots podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and SoundCloud. Subscribe today. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Slapshots. The views expressed in the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. 
The Party Shots Podcast is a production of Gazette Newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Shot. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Party Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports, and stay safe.